What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is Wednesday NFL on a Wednesday, episode 118, brought to you, as always, by SorrySports.com. Sean and I jumped right in today. We did a quick Antonio Brown recap. Fingers crossed. This is the last time that we have to talk about this for a very long time. After that, we recapped all the games from the week's past, including... Sean, I think he teared up a little bit during the Daniel Jones speech. Um, it was very interesting, and he is very excited. Um, I think he has a Danny Dimes heart on, to be honest with you guys. After that, we recapped our picks from last week, made our picks for this week, especially the very, very, very anticipated Sperm Bank Pick of the Week. We will be back soon with some MLB playoff preview talk, probably a little NBA and a little college football. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com, and shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. Enjoy the pod. All right, guys, welcome back to the pod. Sorry to interrupt. We're here for episode 118. Uh, it's an NFL Wednesday for you guys. Uh, Tom, first of all, happy belated birthday, buddy. You got to celebrate you. Monday Thank so you. much so that we didn't do a Monday rundown. Yes, sir. Um, you have a good weekend? Great weekend. I went to the dentist. Uh, I'm wow. 25. Yeah, but I had a good weekend. Solid weekend. Um, Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. We'll get to that Future soon. Future Hall of Fame quarterback. Daniel Jones. Jeez, dude, that was crazy. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. First things first, uh, hopefully this is the last time we're talking about him, but we got to do our due diligence because it just is what it is. Uh, Antonio Brown was released on Friday by the New England Patriots. Uh, the news came down about 4.30, 5 o'clock on Friday late afternoon. And I'm definitely not surprised that this happened, but I was kind of surprised by the timing. It seemed that he was ready to play. Um all I can imagine is that the NFL was about to close in on him and they were going to put them put him on their exempt list and the pass just kind of got out in front of it. So what did you take from the release? And do you think this is kind of one of the weirdest sagas in recent NFL history? I think it's... Uh, I, there's been some weird ones. I guess if you started rattling them off, I might agree with you. But yeah, it's the weirdest. It's just so odd. But can you say you're surprised that he got cut? Not at all. No, I was just saying the timing. No, no, no of course. Yeah, but... Just this whole thing is super weird, and I'm I'm kind of glad it's hopefully over. Yeah, I mean, you gotta imagine, especially after the emails came out and the text came out of what he wrote back to the back to the uh, his former trainer, and also the accusation that that painter came to his house and he was like came just out in like a washcloth and was like standing over her as she was doing a portrait. It was like super strange. Um, all these things are coming out, and it's just like, all right. Clearly, this guy's pattern of behavior like is literally, yeah. You, did you not hear that story? Is about this is about a, probably a six inch by six inch cloth. It's kind of the point. So, so how did he even cover himself up with that? Exactly. So, I think you know from everything that's being floated out there was that there was just a whole fucking pattern of this kind of behavior and. He clearly wasn't taking things seriously, and the patch released him, and then he went on Instagram and did this whole montage about how, you know, Roethlisberger basically got a slap on the wrist for all the things he's done, and Kraft had no problem. He went after the owner of the team that had him for two weeks and for his whole thing at uh, Orchids of Asia, and just a whole crazy thing, but listen, at the end of the day, if you're going to have these allegations against you, 
you've got to know that whether it's a civil suit or a you know an actual felony charges you're you're probably not going to be around for too long and the Pats probably also knowing Belichick it was probably his decision to sign him and his decision to let him go it's just as simple as that he was tired of asking questions about or answering questions about him he was tired of that being a distraction and I'll say this you you get what you sign up for I mean if you're going to sign him during all that crazy stuff with the Steeler or with the uh with the Raiders you know this is going to happen but I think just with all these charges that came down, you just you just can't keep them. No, not at all. Um, and they cut them before there was even more drama, and they had to make a tougher decision. I think from a Patriots perspective, they will be just fine. I think they're going to be all right. Um, he's tweeted out that he's done with the NFL. Do you believe him? No. You think you do, but I don't. I do because I don't know who's going to, to sign him. Remember, he's 31. He's and still great, though. He's a great receiver, but again, you're probably... the. We'll see how the civil suit plays out, but the NFL can't put him on an exempt list if he said that he's not going to play. It's mm-hmm. almost like he was retiring. So he's not going to pursue an NFL job. It seems like he's done. And if these charges actually turn out to be something, then the NFL is going to you know, enforce their punishment once he's reinstated and if some team signs him I just think he doesn't want to deal with it which leads me to believe he will be a very high round pick uh, in the first round of the XFL in 2021 I think he is what are the salaries looking like there do you know I have no clue yet I'm sure that they'll I'm sure they'll be good because there's a lot of money I mean they already have television deals with like Fox and CBS and NBC like they're it's gonna be more than the AAF was I can promise you that but wow that was that wasn't much, no. and it's supposed to be completely different than the XFL, rap, you know, first version was. So, I think that if he wants to play football and he misses the game and he can get a large sum of money and you know go play in on an XFL team in in another year and a half. But either way, I just hope this is done. Uh, I don't want to talk about him anymore. And now let's talk about uh, what actually happened on the field. The New York Giants beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for their first win of the season, and that is hardly the storyline. Yeah, man. Um, I didn't watch much of this game, but I did watch a lot of the highlights and then tried to fast forward through another version of the game because I fell asleep that day. My friend has a love sack, bro. There's nothing you can do about it. Have you ever laid down on a love sack? Yeah, I've have met you managed, about the same. Have you managed <laughs> to stay awake? No. <laughs> exactly. No. Exactly. I might just replace my bed with a love sack. Look it's, at that. It's incredible. Um, but I was able to watch the highlights. And listen, the guy looks... I don't want to say the anti-Eli, but he looks mobile in the pocket. He looks like he's willing to take the hits. Um, top speed of almost 20 miles an hour. The only people in the league faster than him are Kyler and um, Lamar Jackson, I believe, right? So, And he was throwing, we said this previously, he was throwing really well on the run. And it just seemed like he had the guys rallied around him as well, most importantly. Yeah, I I. I don't think you could have a better analysis of that watching the game. I mean, I said on this pod, and I'm not going to sound, I'm not going to be a fraud. I said on the pod last week that if the defense had another game like they did in the first two weeks, it didn't matter who was playing quarterback, they would have lost that game. And pretty much when it was 28 10, and even when they were mounting a little bit of a comeback, I still felt that way. But for the first time in a long time, and it did take watching somebody other than Eli to really observe this. It was the first time I had fun watching a Giants game in a long time. 
Good. And now finally I can be right about the quarterback tiers because Eli's not in them anymore because he's not a starter. He's not a starter. Um, it's, it's one of those things again, where we talked about it last week. Was it his fault? Should he have been benched week two? Should they have brought him back? All of that is up for debate. We went chapter and verse on that last week and we're not going to do it again. The fact of the matter is Daniel Jones did a couple of things on the field that make you very excited. I'm going to, I'm going to temper my expectations and say, listen, I got to see consistency. We've seen a lot of success from a lot of young quarterbacks in their first, you know, four to eight games. And then, you know, they, are they for real or not? I don't know. But here's what I took away from Daniel Jones. He can make every throw on the field. I knew his intermediate and short like passing routes. He was very good at that was the word on him from Duke and that he was deadly accurate. He has a better arm on him than I thought. He was throwing the ball downfield. And some of the throws he made on the run, especially the one to Slayton in the third quarter that he just hit him perfectly in stride, rolling to his opposite side, rolling to his left, throwing across his body, 45 yards in the air. That is a very impressive throw. He And I said this to Frenchie when we were watching the game. I was like, dude, this guy looks like a quarterback that played at Duke in all the right ways. He looks like a guy that's used to taking hits. He looks like a guy that's used to rallying his team around him when he knows there's adversity. He looks like a guy that knows how to handle himself under a tremendous amount of pressure. And we've seen a lot of great quarterback prospects not do that because they played at a really good school for a team that was probably competing for a national championship behind an offensive line that probably had two or three draft picks and then also, you know, uh, talent on the in the skill positions of guys that were probably going to be first to six, five round, first to fifth round picks. Daniel Jones had none of that his entire Duke career. So when I see him taking hits and getting back up, that's something you look for from young quarterbacks. Can they take hits? I remember Eli having a lot of games where he would just get back up, and it was like, wow, like this is this is what winning kind of quarterbacks look like. He can make the throws, he can make the throws on the run, and he's got wheels. He extended about three or four plays that let the Giants win that game. Amazingly, the quarterback for the New York Giants was the reason they won that game, and you probably couldn't say that since about 2011, 2012. It was crazy. Now, bad news. Saquon, shaky, as you call him, mm-hmm. out Shake. four to eight weeks with a high ankle sprain. They said it's probably going to be more around eight weeks. That was a bad injury. We'll see where they go from here. But how can you not be excited? I'm not putting him in a Hall of Fame yet. I got to see him do it week after week. And even Pat Shermer said, I'm looking for consistency. But man, how could you just not be so impressed with that? A lot of fun, man. And it really makes me depressed as a Jets fan because it's like, come on, this was supposed to be not our year. We weren't going to make the playoffs or anything, but to see, you know, Daniel Jones suck and, you know, uh, Sam Darnold progress and take that step forward as a year two quarterback, which he could still do. But then he goes out and he gets fucking mono and all this other bullshit. And now I have to watch Daniel Jones, which I'm happy for you guys. He mounted a great comeback. He was really, really playing great out there, especially for his first game, but just depressing. Maybe we'll see Haskins this week coming up. It doesn't look that way. I mean, it's not really Kingdom's fault that they suck so bad. No, it's Wednesday, so this is usually around the time that you're going to make a change for starting quarterback unless you... uh, You know, unless an injury in practice occurs, but... It wasn't his fault. I mean, 
Khalil Mack abuse Khalil Mack and the linebacker from Georgia. Trevathan. Trevathan. Um, and what's his face? The big guy in the middle. Um, what's a Hicks? They just abused that offense. Yeah, and Roquan Smith too was just yeah, a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that was a that was a disgraceful performance on Monday night. We'll talk about that game later. But yeah, I mean, I gotta see. This is now an opportunity where you're two and you could be two and two after this. And remember, that's what I I was saying about before they benched Eli. Was listen, you're still you still have a chance to win this or to get you know at 500 after week four and the Eagles look like they have problems and the Redskins are obviously not good. And you're looking at just the Cowboys being the, the cream of the crop in the NFC East, but they haven't played anybody yet. So listen, there's still a lot of glaring concerns on this team. The offensive line, it, it played pretty well, but it's still not elite. The defense is still abominable. I mean, I know they held Tampa to three points, in the second half, which is good, and it seems as though they found a way to make second half adjustments. But I mean, the first several possessions, it was touchdown, field, you know, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal. I mean, you just can't, you can't put your quarterback or your offense in a position where they are constantly coming from huge. It was twenty-eight ten at halftime, and Jones didn't even play that poorly. He was playing well. I mean, he had a couple of fumbles there that that could have cost him the game. But you see even that final possession. So Jones scores the touchdown, runs up the gut into the end zone with 116 left. The second play that Tampa has, Winston fires a 55-yard bomb down the field to Evans, who was still being covered by Janoris Jenkins for some godforsaken reason. Why is he wide open, too? I mean, I understand Jenkins sucks. Jenkins had a horrible game. Why aren't you playing protect defense and just sending all the safeties out? Well, they were blitzing him because they were trying to turn Winston into into making an interception, which he had thrown earlier in the fourth quarter. I understand it, but you don't have the personnel to continue to blitz because, like you said, you don't have guys that can cover, especially Mike Evans one-on-one. They finally, after two and a half games in the second half, put DeAndre Baker in press coverage. And he was locked down once he started doing that. But again, what took you so long? They can't continue to play like this. Case Keenum and the Redskins, you know, Gruden probably thinks, listen, we still have a chance to win this game because that defense still fucking sucks. And if I can get Keenum rolling out and he can make some plays, we have a chance to win. So the Giants defense is a joke. Obviously, Saquon being out is really going to hurt them. But uh, Shepard looked really good in this game. Ingram looked fucking phenomenal in this game especially when he's like quadruple team exactly so you're looking for something out of Gallman see what they can do from a running game perspective but part of their running game now for the first time really ever is Daniel Jones and we're gonna see a lot more of that hopefully but there's still a lot of questions about this team but at the end of the day this was a fun football game to watch absolutely and to top it all off, it looks like the Giants more only one game in I'm not gonna make an overreaction here but they may have found themselves a quarterback Excitingly enough. Yeah, we're, we're going to see, obviously, consistency is key, but you see on full display certain things that winning quarterbacks have. That's poise, Yes. that's toughness, that's command of the huddle, and the ability to come back and face adversity. He did all of that. Unfortunately, when we talk about your New York Jets, they were starting their third We don't have to talk about this game very long, bro. We the, don't. The Patriots... 30-14. to 14. The, the only thing was the there. Patriots didn't cover the spread. Well, that was because they had Stidham throw a pick six and what's his face, a gun or something, fumble the football. So it's not like I looked at because I told you I fell asleep during the game. So I looked at it and I was like, oh, Luke Falk must have had a halfway decent game. 
And then I looked at his stat line and it was like, I don't know the completions, but it was like 98 yards, nothing else. And I was like, okay, so Le'Veon Bell went off. Nope. And I was like, how, where the fuck do these points come from? Cause I know Tom Brady wasn't turning the ball over. And then I later found out that it was a fumble on a special teams play and the backup quarterback, um, made the pick. So all in all, another terrible game from the jets, Sammy boy, get better, get better. Enjoy your bye week, baby. I know you're doing cardio. I know you're working out hard. I know you're fucking ready to go. And like Sean said last week, you only lost two pounds. Baby boy, baby boy, baby boy, get better. You need to see him because in a lost season, I mean, you Robbie need Anderson, to see this guy. You play. might as well fucking cut the guy until Sean, until Sam Darnold comes back. He's irrelevant. I mean, and, and the run game, you're on the fucking wildcat. Like, <laughs> this isn't 2008. It's so anymore. depressing, bro. So I got to read you this text from my dad, who's a Jet fan since they won the Super Bowl. So, oh, wow. So, I didn't know your dad was a Jets fan. Oh, yeah. Huge Jet fan. What's your dad's first name? Chris. Chris. Chris Rowe. Chris Rowe. So this is the text I get from him at 321. How did you become a Giants fan? I remember... Literally watching the of all the of all the games, I watched that uh, NFC Championship game in 2000, and it was like um, the first real football that, game I sat down and watched. That was the game before they got straight mollywop. Yeah, the so they beat the they beat the Vikings 41 nothing, and I just remember watching them, and I was like, you know, I haven't really ever watched football before, and I kind of just like the blue jerseys. I'm like eight years old, so I'm like. Like, why not? Like, I'll, I'll follow this team. And then they were in the Super Bowl, and then I started becoming a – I really like Tiki Barber. This is a little bit better of a story than, than the Bama Alabama reason. Alabama reason. Yeah. And that and, one's really And you bad. know what's funny is uh, – before I read this text, because it's fucking hilarious, and as a Jet fan and Nick fan, you'll appreciate it. He's a Nick fan too. <laughs> um, Sorry. So he, he, he'll always say, thank God I'm a Yankee fan, because when he was growing up, he was. It was when the Yankees were done being really good with their legends, and they were going through a real dark spell with Roy White and Bobby Mercer, and uh, you know that group. And he and the Mets had won in '69, so he was going to be a Met fan. Met Jet, and the Jets had just won the Super Bowl, and the Knicks were real good. So he's like, I'm going to be a Met Jet Knicks fan. And his older cousin, who had seen the Yankees through the glory years with Manuel Maris and Ford and Barra and all them, he was like, No, no. You're going to be a Yankee fan. We don't root for the Mets. You hmm. can root for the Jets. He didn't care about football. So he's like, thank God I'm a Yankee fan Back for then, this. Back you were only a Mets fan if you were a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. So Yeah, exactly. Or even New York Giants because you weren't following them on the West Coast. But So he sends me this text. No starting quarterback. No backup quarterback. No top defensive free agent signed. No top defensive draft sign he signed. No Anunua. What about C.J. Mosley? He he's not like- playing. Well, oh, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I might have expected this, I and I'm really not disappointed for the result of this game. But you wait nine fucking months, and all you end up with is this steaming pile of horseshit. When will this fucking misery end? Gee, I can't wait for the next season. That should be swell. <laughs> so that was. I'll tell you when the misery. That was Chris Rose chime in on the Jets Patriots game. Tell you game. when the misery will end, my friend. Spring training. There you. They, well, <laughs> Yankees <laughs> baseball. That's right. So, uh, so that was pretty funny, but. Either way, there's really nothing else to say about this game. It was how it went uh, was pretty much how everybody expected it to go. So They did cover, though. They did cover. So Jets 0-3. They get the bye. Hopefully Darnold's back. And that's the thing that we now need to see. When we talk about the Jets, in my opinion, I don't know how you feel, but it's no longer about results. But Darnold now in year two has had stretches where he's now missed, he's missed seven games now. Six games. So he, in his NFL career, which isn't 
that long. And he was playing well towards the end of last year in meaningless games. So now he needs to play and play well. He has enough weapons on that team. It's not a great team. The offensive line isn't all that good, but he does have some weapons. He does have Lev Bell. Don't worry about how many games you win, but you've got to see you got to see a game like Jones had yesterday from uh, from Darnold pretty soon, right? Don't you feel that way? Absolutely. Um, because the pan. I mean. I'm going to give him the first week back, but after that, the panic button will be smashed if if I start seeing these. Like week one against Buffalo with the 20 million tip passes and the million of, million of opportunities to take this game over and just not grabbing it by the throat and taking it. If I see that a few more times against teams that aren't named the New England Patriots or any of these other top echelon teams in the AFC, I don't know, man. You might You might not be able to do a podcast with me anymore. Because I'm not going to be around. That's why. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've glossed over our locals, let's get into the rest of the slate from week three. It was a fun week of football. Um, starting on Thursday night. Now, the, the matchup itself sucked. But the legend of G Minshew continues. The Jaguars beat the Titans in the rainy, pouring rain Jacksonville 20-7. And Tom, you have this one. Of the week. I said the Titans are pretenders. I was absolutely right. Mustache Mania is running rampant. The guy is absolutely killing it. That defense looked pretty good as well. I mean, anybody could look good against Marcus Mariota. Not the Browns. Very good point. True, except for the Browns. Um, And listen, he was spreading the ball around. He looked really, really good. DJ Chark's involved. D.D. Westbrook could have caught a touchdown, but he dropped it. That's not Minshew's fault. Beautiful throw, Gardner. Beautiful. Um, And I don't know. I think... Honestly, if you ask my opinion, because I'm sure you're going to mention it about the Jalen Ramsey thing, I think this team is good enough to make the playoffs, and I think if you just keep winning games and Gardner tries to inspire these guys, maybe he'll just shut the fuck up and get over it. I was going to ask your opinion on that, because that's the other point. Uh, He's now out of practice this week with the flu. He says he has the flu. Bullshit. We both know it's bullshit, and it's just... I can't take this anymore. I would kill to be in the NFL. Well, they said the Jaguars said that they will not entertain trades for him. They don't. They're not ready to trade him, no matter what the package was. Apparently, Baltimore offered a first, a second, and a fourth, and Hayden Hurst, and the Jags are like, no, and probably Ooh. for your reason. I think that they believe that they have a shot in this division because Minshew is seems to be acquitting himself quite well, and you have a really you have one of the best defensive players in football. On your team, those picks do nothing for you this year. And yeah, Hayden Hurst might help, but you've got enough to win offensively. I I can't imagine. I think the biggest question is, and we're still way far down the line because he wasn't expected back till week 11 at, say, the earliest, but could we see another situation of a Russell Wilson taking over Matt Flynn if Minshew's leading this team and Foles is back healthy? That's a great comparison because I think Flynn got the big contract the same year that Russell Wilson got drafted, and we're looking at the same thing here. I mean, I think... The only difference that was in training camp, Wilson was just so much better that they were like, we've got to play this guy. Here, it's an injury, but kind of comparable. um, No, yeah, definitely comparable. I don't think I could think of any other comp. Um, I think, honestly, the only way... Like, he'd really have to light it up. I think this is a different situation... Because I think they truly believe in Foles. But, like, if Minshew would have to go, I mean, how many weeks are left? We're looking at about another seven, well, probably six with a bye. 
weeks left, I think. Yeah, before Foles is back, yeah. Yeah, he'd probably have to go 5-1 and one for them to not bring Foles back. Anything short of that, I think they can justify bringing him back. But I, if he went 5-1, and 6-0, and oh, I think that I, there's no you have no choice. you got to roll with the hot hand. Yeah, I agree, and it's tough because the thing with uh, Foles, as we know, is he seems to do his best work in the stretch run and getting into the playoffs, so we'll find out. But either way, just for right now, the legend of G Minshew got Tom his second straight sperm bank pick of the week, right? Let's go. He's he's feeling good. All right, second game we'll talk about here, from aside from the locals, the Cowboys did what they were supposed to do. They crushed the Dolphins 31-6. Um what else do we have to say about this game? The Cowboys looked really good. You're playing a team that's intentionally trying to lose. They got a real I, game this week. I caught a glimpse of the first half when I woke up for a couple seconds, and it was like 10-6 Dolphins or something like that. No, it was 10-6 Cowboys. Sorry. They never, yeah, they, never, they were never losing in this game. Well, it was a close game, and I was like, ooh. And, Rosen, and they were in the red zone. The Dolphins were in the red zone. I was like, ooh, Rosen, look at this. And I just feel so fucking bad for the guy just because – I mean, he's looked good in spurts, and it, it's not like he's ever had anything good to to deal with. Like, never once has he ever had anything, period. If they finish with the worst record in football, will he be the first quarterback ever to be on the worst team in the league in his first two years and then be different teams? I mean, I I would think so. I said that kind of rhetorically. I didn't expect <laughs> you to know that off the top of your head, but I'm just kind of thinking <laughs> no, if anybody think knows, tweet correct. at us, yeah. email us, whatever. Like, sorry, sports. You know, and, and what's crazy is, I mean, if I told you that that he was on the worst team in football last year, they had the number one overall pick, and the team that he was on this year would be head and shoulders significantly shittier than the team he was on last year. Like... The team he was on last year is a Super Bowl team compared to the team he's on this year. That's how bad they are. It's, it's really, crazy. It's really bad. And you feel bad for him because, you know, like we've talked about this at nauseum, especially when we did our tiers, right? And I was, especially when we were going into the rookie quarterbacks and, and whatnot, I I really feel like these a lot of guys in their careers, it's so incumbent upon the team they're with, the infrastructure they have to be good. And I was thinking about this the other day in, re- in result to, uh, to Darnold and then maybe with what happens with Jones. You know, the quarterback position is supposed to be a position that you, you learn and you get better at, right? But you've got to have stability. You'd like the guys that drafted you to say, okay, you're going to be our guy and we're going to put as many pieces around you as we can. But listen, the owner endorses that at least for the first three, four years of your career – you're going to have the same head coach. You're going to have the same coordinators. You're going to have the same general manager because you're all tied to each other. You know, that's the one thing about Jones is Shermer and Gettleman. I, I, you know, we talked about last week if they lose their jobs. Well, if they lose their jobs, that means that Jones probably either A, wasn't very good, or he might not be long for for the for the job. Well, you're looking at it with the Jets, right? Well, now. that and that's how I feel about Darnold. You know, we we I want to see more from him. I want to see him be on the field. I want to see him take that next step. A lot of experts that I listen to are still like super high on him. Oh, too, dude, which I, is I am very reassuring. There are some Jet fans that are starting to lose faith, and I guess the only way you can lose some faith is the fact that he's missed six games in his first two years, which is not really what you want to see. But to to combat that argument, though, I mean, 
He got mono. No, I understand, but eventually it becomes this guy's just not playing as many games as he should. But, you know, you get drafted by a GM who's no longer there, and your first coach was a defensive guy who's no longer there. You bring in a guy in Adam Gase who's supposed to be his quarterback whisperer who apparently there's these reports that have come out over the last couple weeks said that that you were his fourth favorite in the first round taken last year. I don't like Adam Gase. And, and that started, a- that that would bother me. And now you bring in a Hugh Douglas who did not make that draft pick. Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're a bottom 3 team and there's another quarterback, you Darnold is not a sure thing now that we've seen the Cardinals do this. Dude, I don't like Adam Gase. Just from the press conferences that he's had and I know he's been dealt a shitty hand just due to injuries and everything, but to be honest, I think he's a fucking idiot. I, I, he he seems like he's super arrogant. Like when he when he was asked the question, like I forget exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of like, oh, like how did your game plan? How did you feel about your game plan in this game? I'm talking about the Patriot game, he's like, I didn't feel like the game plan that was was that bad. We just didn't execute. And it's like you had a third string quarterback who was in the practice squad. But anyway, going back to Rosen. I, I want to see this guy get a fair shot because I really did like him coming out of college. I thought he was the most polished of all those quarterbacks, although I thought Darnold had the highest upside. Um, you know, you play for the Cardinals, you get traded over to the to the Dolphins. I would like to see the Dolphins who at least traded for him. You know, you bring in Flores, you have a new GM. I'd like to see those guys, you know, take an offensive lineman if they have the worst pick in the draft. They have the Steelers pick too now, and the Steelers might not have a great year. So you're looking in a position where maybe you're in the top 10 with two picks. You take a top offensive lineman and then maybe a top skill position guy, and now all of a sudden you can actually see what this guy can do. I think it's completely ridiculous if he gets lost. And he has. when you look back on his career and it's short-lived, all you're going to say is this guy was dealt the worst deck of cards that any young quarterback's been given. Ever. Yeah, because, I mean, at least, you know, you look at Eli, I don't know how great Eli would have been, but remember, when he was drafted, that was Coughlin's first year. And I mean, Corsi, who was a Hall of Fame GM, took him, and he was grooming Jerry Reese the whole time, knowing that, that he was going to be his heir apparent. So all three of them were on the same page. So after Eli took over for Warner... He knew he had Gilbride as his OC. He had Coughlin. He had a Corsi slash Reese. Those guys were all in bed with him. Those were all the same guys that were going to be making sure that he was going to be their franchise quarterback. There was not turnover there. I don't know how good Eli would have been after you know two or three years if there was constant turnover, and I think you can say that for just about anyone. Yeah, no, and I, the reason why he got dealt the worst hand is just because, I mean, Every other quarterback, you look at Schaub, who didn't have a great career, or you look at the other Carr brother, who just literally was a human punching bag because they had an offensive line. At least they had a couple years as a shot, you know? Right. Not this guy. Um, what, did we, what did you take away with the Cowboys? Anything you want to see? They're very good. Yeah. They played the really well against a bunch of bad teams, but you got to play who's in front of you. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFC, but... Hey, let's see them play a halfway decent team. Who do they have this week? They're at New Orleans on Sunday night. That should be a much better game. Again, I would obviously much rather Drew Brees be in this game than Teddy Two Gloves, but he played pretty well, well enough to win, um, and the defense played excellent in that game this past week. So um, we'll have to see them. There's nothing really I can take away from a game against the fucking Miami Dolphins that I think... Clemson, Alabama, no jokes, and people say this every year about the worst team in the NFL, but I think it's actually true this year. I think Clemson and Alabama could both beat them. I think Clemson could give him a run. I don't know. Because I think Trevor Lawrence, if he stopped, if he stepped on an NFL field right now, would be a top 10 quarterback. Oh, shit. That's how good I think he is. But anyway, so next game, 
Another quarterback from that 2018 draft class seems to be taking that next step, and that is Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. They improved to 3-0. and They kind of allowed the Bengals to hang around in this game, and the Bengals are weird. They've played three games, two on the road, and both road games at Seattle and at Buffalo, they've played pretty well. Buffalo ended up taking care of that game late, but their one game at home was awful. But what are we taking from the Bills? They're 3-0. and Are they for real? We expect the Bengals to be bad. Um... The Bengals aren't as bad as everybody thinks. They've kept it close all their games. But I think with the Buffalo Bills, they're the second best team in the in the AFC North. AFC East. AFC East, excuse me. I don't know if they're for real because they, they remind me a lot of the Dallas Cowboys in some in certain ways is that they just haven't really played anybody yet. I mean, who have they played so far? Jets, the Giants, Jets Bengals. Giants, and Bengals. And they had the Bengals, who are a tougher team at home, so that's a little bit of an advantage there. I mean, I like I, I like their rookie running back who was hurt, Singletary. Obviously, the ageless Frank Gore. I think they did the right thing, giving guys like uh, John Brown and Josh Allen because he their speedsters, and he he can't like nobody can outrun his ball. He's got a cannon, and that defense is for real. But I mean, they play they play. Um, excuse me, they play New England this week. And we'll really have to see. If they win that game, they're for real. Yeah, and it's in it's in Buffalo, too, just like last week was. So I'm, I am looking forward to seeing them play the, the Bills Pats. Mafia will be ready to go. Oh, dude, did you see some of the videos from opening day this past Sunday? They were <laughs> jumping off of trucks into into tables. It was full. All I know is somebody shot themselves in the face with fireworks, and then like they sent it to Barstool, and Barstool was like, is he okay? And they were like, we're 3-0. Oh, he'll be fine. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Yeah, they're fucking crazy up there. But, yeah, I uh, – you know, I know that they're a much better team, but when you talk about quarterbacks taking that next step, Josh Allen is much better already than he was last year. He's never going to be accurate. Yeah, he's compared looked, to last year. Yeah, exactly. I, he's never going to be a guy with a super high completion percentage, but he's fucking fast. He's strong, and he's got a cannon. This guy could be really good. And like you said, you give him a John Brown. This guy is able now to you know finally throw the ball down the field and have somebody go get it. Um, obviously, the Bengals they played all right, but. They're the Bengals. We don't expect them to be very good, and they're winless. All right. Here's a surprise game. The Lions go into the link and beat Philly 27-24. In my opinion, this was another game that Detroit got a little lucky. Philly just pissed this game away this a lot. Aguilar was awful again. But Did you see that video? Yes. <laughs> that's Dude, that's so, what's best, more What's more Philly than that? That's the best video I've ever seen. That's the best. Literally the single best video I've ever seen. Yeah, just I think it's hilarious. Yeah. So there was this guy that there he was a hero. He was saving uh, children from a burning building. People were tossing babies out of the building, and he was like, "Yeah, I caught him. Uh, something like I caught him. Unlike Aguilar, I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> it was the most Philly fucking thing you'll ever see. It's it was great. But yeah, on the field, Philly's got problems. I know they were super beat up. But uh, they gift wrapped this game to Detroit. And I will tell you this, and you know neither of us want to give. Matt Patricia and the Lions any credit. He's still not welcome on the pod, right? Drew up a nice defense. Drew up an okay defense, but you know what? I know they pissed away that game in week one when they had a 20 nothing lead against Kyler and the Cardinals, but they did beat the Chargers 13-10 in an ugly-ass game, and they just beat the Eagles by three in Philly. And listen, sometimes in the NFL, all you've got to do is just take advantage from bad teams doing bad things. Now, I don't think the Chargers or the Eagles are bad teams, but right now those teams aren't great. And 
they've won those two games somehow. So I'm going to give them a little bit of credit. They they're two and they're two zero and one. That's that's not bad, regardless of how they won those games for Philly. They've got a lot of injuries. They've got some serious questions. If Algalar is your best wide receiver, that's you're really banged up. Yeah, just Jeffrey's out. Um, he might play this week. Okay. They, I, I believe I saw a report that he's trending towards playing. Do they play Thursday? Yeah, they're at Lambeau yeah, tomorrow yeah, yeah. night. I think he's trending towards playing. All right, so in a short week, too. Now T-Jax is really hurt, so I think he's out for another week or two. Yeah, he was labeled out, I think, two to four weeks after that Atlanta game in week two. So either way, I'm going to give... Uh I'm gonna give Detroit a little bit of credit here. You you you've, you're two zero and one, and you you beat two teams that a lot of people pick to be playoff teams. I know I picked the Eagles to to win the NFC East. All right, Colts taking care of the Falcons by three, 27-24. Vinatieri got back on back on track this week. It was their first game at home this year. The Colts seem for real. Brissett's really good, and just another bad loss for Atlanta. Brissett is awesome, man, and. You know, I'm not, I can't take credit for this, and I don't think you can either because we didn't think the Colts would be this good. We both said they're not going to be as bad as we thought, but I don't think either of us had them going to the playoffs, and they look like they're probably going to take at least a wild card. What do you think? Right now, I think that they could – I mean, it's going to – Houston's playing well too, but yeah, I mean, they're very much in contention for this division. I think the whole AFC South, aside from Tennessee, is very well alive. I know Jacksonville's one and two, but if Minshew's for real and they can get a couple of wins, but yeah, I like this indie team. How could you not? And Quentin Nelson, can we just admit that he's like a top player in the NFL? That guy, nobody can get past him. He is a absolute force on the offensive line. And what a difference a couple of years makes. Because it was when Brissett had to relieve uh, Luck a couple of years ago. God, that he was just getting crushed. And this year he can survey the field and make throws. Uh, Mack is playing really well for him. You still got T.Y. Hilton. I mean, you got to feel pretty damn good if you're a Colts fan. And they're a feel-good story in the NFL, obviously, with what happened with Luck. And why not them? Yeah, no, um, you know, I think, again, this team, and it's a real shame that Andrew Luck, and I understand that his body may have been falling apart on him and he didn't want to risk life and limb anymore, but this was by far, and you could tell, this was by far the best team he's ever had. And they were a legitimate Super Bowl contender, in my opinion, with Andrew Luck. And now I just think they're a legitimate playoff contender. I think they fall down to that second echelon, but this is a damn good team. It is a damn good team. On to the Falcons. Their middle linebackers uh, got a concussion, I believe, but he'll be fine. All right. So I was going to ask you about the Falcons. I picked them to win the the South. I know you did not. I know we both had questions about them, but I just felt like this team had too much talent. They're now one and two. They easily could be zero and three. And they're I, Matt they're Ryan pro. is throwing some of the just most inexcusable interceptions this year. That I, I mean, you just he can't always, even come up with reasons for how he's making these he throws. And I think he's up, good. He always ends up. Well, you think he's good, and as does everybody else, because he always ends up with a good stat line at the end of the game. But they're all empty stats. And they just lost, I think it was Keanu Neal, one of their best players. Out for the year, torn Achilles. Le- yeah, his leg was hanging by a string. That's terrible. And I think, he, wasn't he hurt last year for a long period of yeah. time? What, did he tear his ACL last year? Or ACL like last that? year, Achilles this year. Oof. It's going to be tough to come back from. I wish him the best. And, you know, with the Falcons, their struggles in the red zone since Kyle Shanahan has left continue. It, it, it's just, you have Julio fucking Jones on your team. 
he gets open every time. I could get him a touchdown. You also have not Muhammad to mention Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Calvin Ridley would probably be a wide receiver one on any other team in the league. And Austin Hooper, who made the Pro Bowl last year. And oh, by the way, probably a top 15, maybe top 12 running back in Devontae Freeman who can just run people over. The offensive line is terrible. And I just think this team is badly coached. First, co- first coach fired candidate, Quinn. It certainly shows that way because this is, I mean, you can't make an excuse for them this year. I mean, you know, Breeze is hurt. Cam is hurt. You've got the Buccaneers being the Buccaneers. Oh, it's wide open. This is the year that they should win the division. And they should go like, what, 13 and 3? I was or thinking whatever. this was a 12 and 4 kind of year. Yep. Especially with after, you know, Newton and Breeze showing that they're going to be out for a while. So, yeah, this is a problem for them. They better get their shit together because right now that's looking like a bad pick on my point. All right. Vikings beat the Raiders 34-14. Raiders turned back into the Raiders. The Vikings had a really good performance against a bad team. Um, we'll see what they do this coming week Nothing against the Chicago Bears. This game. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about the Chicago Bears in a little bit because there's a lot of question marks surrounding them. But there, I can't take anything away from this game except that Dalvin Cook is an absolute animal. Yep, and the Raiders went east and, and didn't play all that well. All right, this was the, probably the marquee game of the 1 o'clocks. Lamar versus Mahomes. Lamar held his own. 2-0 and o teams against each other. Lamar did hold his own. The Chiefs but beat Mahomes the Ravens should. 33-28. What did you take away as you were fading in and out of sleep and hopefully watch plenty of highlights on this one? Yeah, Mahomes just showed that he was the baddest motherfucker on the planet and said, watch this, Lamar. I'm better than you'll ever be. And, you know, it's crazy. You lose – we've talked about it. You lose Kareem Hunt at the beginning or in the offseason. You lose Tyree Kill, and he just says, fuck it, pull some guys off the street, and I'll do the same exact thing. He's incredible, man. I've never seen anything like it. Even Peak Rogers wasn't this good. I've never seen anything like it. He's amazing. And Lamar Jackson, a lot of fun to watch. You can see the improvements that he's made every single week on a week-to-week basis, not just from season one to season two. And I think this Baltimore defense is sneaky good. They, just the Chiefs are that good and that much better. And it was at Arrowhead. Um, this was the second time. Remember last year, it took that ridiculous cross-body throw on Mahomes on a fourth and fifteen to I believe it was like week 12 or 13 to beat uh to beat Baltimore. Baltimore has played very well against them now twice, both on the road. This could if this is a playoff game in an AFC divisional round, don't sleep on the Ravens. I mean, they're a really damn good team. I took away from this game the same that you did. Mahomes is just the baddest motherfucker on earth, but Lamar is still he is so good, and the and he has taken the next step for sure. The defense will figure it out. Again, you played Mahomes in Kansas City. He's just a supernova right now. What can you say? Um, I feel good about both those teams. Obviously, the Chiefs are looking like the second or the best team in the AFC, as we expected them to show. All right. Packers beat up on the Broncos 27-16. God, my Denver pick looks really bad. The Packers, a couple of different things. Their defense is very, very, very good. Last time they had a good defense, they won the Super Bowl. That's right. and uh, Which it, was a long time ago, so that's pretty sad. Yeah, 2010 season. Yeah, nine, nine years ago. Um, And also, the other thing I'm taking away from this too, man, Rodgers and LaFleur actually seem okay. I'm figuring it out. Remember, they did. Rodgers did not play a down in the preseason. So essentially the first quarter of this year – is their preseason. They were kind of sluggish offensively in games one and two, but they came out firing here. And they're 3-0. and And if they take care of business against 
the uh, Eagles tomorrow night, I'm kind of looking at this team and being like, oh my God, this might be one of those teams that we didn't think super highly of that just before you know it, they're 5-0, and 6-0, and 7-1, and and it's like, oh my God. And Rodgers Rogers finally looks like Rogers the Rodgers that he did before. Uh, sleeper MVP candidate. Ooh. And that's crazy to say for Rodgers because he's great, but he got off to a rough start at the beginning of the year. They just kind of tread water and had that defense win them games. But I think he's starting to figure out this guy's offense. And before you know it, he's going to be calling audibles and just slinging the ball all over the yard. Your offensive line's keeping him upright, too. Remember, that's been a major problem over the last few years. He's just been running for his life. He actually has been upright this year, and that's bad news for the opposing defense. Absolutely. The more time you give that guy to let his receivers get open, the more he's going to pick you apart. All right, so let's move on to the next game. So we have the Panthers Panthers and Kyle Allen's debut. 38-20. In Arizona. Talk about this was the Sunday of the backup quarterback. Well, the backup quarterback, the undrafted rookie out of uh, or second year player out of Houston, just lit it up. And I know the Cardinals suck. I know they're not good. I know their defense is no good. I don't care. You hang 38 points up on the road for an offense that was not playing all that well. Kyle Allen had just about as good of a debut as Daniel Jones did. Absolutely. Did he have a little bit better of one, numbers-wise? Yeah. I mean, he put up 38, and, you know, he was just... I think he was a little bit more efficient, too, but he just looked so good. He looked really good. And that offense for the first time all year. I mean, we we talked about Eli, right, being kind of a statue, and not kind of, he's a statue, and probably doesn't make a lot of those plays. Cam, I mean... you don't think of Cam as a statue, but for this season, negative two rushing yards Remember what you said last week when we did this podcast talking about that Thursday night game against Tampa and you said he had about five or six throws that were nowhere within the vicinity of the receivers. And I know he's dealing with the rehab shoulder and also the what now turned out to be a Liz Frank injury in the foot. And that's a bad, that's never a good thing. Um, he's already, already been ruled out for week four. I think this offense was actually able to finally maximize its full potential. Yeah. Sometimes you have to play a bad team. I don't mean, I don't think Tampa's all that good, but, um, they were able to take advantage of an Arizona defense and just gut it. And Kyle Allen just looked, he looked fucking superb. So I think that's a team now that's going to be on a lot of people's attention heading forward. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. What do you, how do you feel about Kingsbury? I feel the same way as I did about him before. I mean, how was that again? Just refresh my memory that he was an under 500. He's an under 500 coach in college football who, you know, it, yeah, I get that you have a great offense. And I know aside from Kyler, you know, Kyler's going to take his lumps. I still think he looked okay in this game. He doesn't game. have a great offense, bro. Offensive line is terrible. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you can only do so much He's with literally what got you have. Kirk, who's a really good deep threat. Larry Fitz, who's just old Mr. Reliable. And then an extremely, extremely potent back, David Johnson. Here's all I want to see from, from Kingsbury this year. How does Kyler look? How does the offense look? And he does run some very exotic plays he it's has been, a you know the problem is he's throwing that college super, offense out it's there. been super vanilla though on a lot of plays where you would expect something i mean going back to last week you kick three field goals like yeah. what i know I, and again i think there's a lot of questions he has to answer three games in i can't really say no it's i can't i can't hang this on him um he just doesn't have a lot of talent to work with they drafted number one overall for a reason so there's and especially because Peterson's been suspended as well. Yeah, so there's a lot of issues on that team. Um, I want to see how his guys rally around him. I want to see how Kyler specifically gets because 
Kingsbury's there for Kyler and vice versa. Yep. So let's see that. I mean, but three weeks in, I expected, we, we both expected this team to suck, and they do. They do. All right, so let's move on to the next game, and that is the Saints beating wow. the Seahawks 33-27. to My question for you on this game is, Good Saints, bad Seahawks. What do you think? Do the Seahawks suck, or are the Saints better with Teddy Bridgewater than we thought? What sure do does. Um, sure <laughs> does what? What's the answer? <laughs> exactly. I think it's both. Um, You're meeting me in the middle, huh? No. I mean, I think any time that a game like this happens, you have to think. You have When blowouts happen, we always kind of ask that question, unless we know that one team is so good and one team is so bad. Like, with the Jets Pats, it's like, okay, we know the Pats are a Super Bowl contender and the Jets are on a third string quarterback with injuries. Like, we know what that is. Here, it's okay. Seattle, remember when the 12th man and the home field was just such an imposing place to go? They are not that good at home lately. They really aren't. Cincinnati should have beaten them in week one, and yep. they just got punked by New Orleans. Um, the offense looked really stagnant. And not necessarily Russ's fault. I just felt like it just was not a good. It just wasn't good, and they were playing from behind and had to take a lot of uh, a lot of shots. The defense was abysmal. I give the Saints a lot of credit. They stayed out west after you know taking their lumps against the Rams. They didn't come back to go back west. And Sean Payton said, "Listen, this this division's still winnable." Teddy Bridgewater is still a competent quarterback. We brought him back for a decent amount of money because we believe that there was a chance he might have to come in for whatever reason it might be. Wide receivers played well. The defense was flying around. I think this was more good Saints than bad Seahawks, but I think both are I think both are valid. What do you about you? Seahawks are a super vanilla team and their play calling is looks like it's it looks like I'm watching football from 2005, 2006. Didn't this, did the Seahawks go to the Super Bowl in 2006 with Sean Alexander? Was that 06? Yeah, that was the 05-06 season. Yeah, I feel like I'm watching Matt Hasselbeck and Sean Alexander play football the way they call. Except Sean Alexander didn't fumble nearly as much as Chris Carson because that guy's averaging like almost two fumbles a game. Um, that's not going to help you out. Their defense doesn't look that great. And honestly, I just think this team, aside from Russell Wilson, is cooked. It doesn't look very good. No. It doesn't look good. I mean, the only guy that looks good is Metcalf. And yeah. Well, I, I mean, the the Tyler Lockett's good for a deep ball every once in a blue moon, but it, Russell Wilson doesn't really have the time to let the play develop. You know, the O-line line is a problem. Yeah, even with his ability to move around in the pocket and outside of the pocket, he's probably one of the most mobile quarterbacks. Even so, he doesn't have the time. Yeah, I still say Russ is a top five to seven oh, no quarterback. Doubt. It's not his fault. The rest of the team just sucks around him. Also didn't help that uh that Carroll took a football to the nose and look and maybe the reason the play calling was so bad was he was concussed. Did oh, you see fine. you see that shit though? That yeah. was ugly. Was I was like, like what, what the the fuck happened? I just woke up from a nap and I was like I was like, I know P. Carroll's really old and old people are pretty brittle, but I was like, why does he have a band-aid on his face? Dude, it was like fucking Rudolph the red nosed reindeer. It was fucking bloody and all that shit. Alright, um Heading to Texans Chargers. Texans you, took this game. Listen, the offensive line has gotten a little bit better. Yeah. I need you to eat a little bit of crow here. Deshaun Watson cannot be a tier seven quarterback, bro. Please move him where Eli was. I don't fucking care. Get him out of there. I will admit I was wrong with Baker Mayfield. He's not tier three. He's probably closer to tier five. I need you to admit when you were wrong. I won't make you do the Eli thing, even though you and I both know you oh, were yeah, wrong no, about no, no. that. I won't make you do that. You know we did this before the season started, right? But 
No, no, but we've also got more evidence to back it up. Yeah. I need you to take Deshaun Watson out of Tier 7 now. Okay, it's been three games. He's been fucking great. Yes. He's awesome. I, okay, first of all, you're such a piece of shit because I said the reason that I put him low had nothing to do with his talent. One of my worst picks last year was that I picked him to be an MVP candidate and an Offensive Player of the Year last year. And his skill set would indicate that he can do that. You know what's going to be a major problem of his and why I couldn't elevate him that high is because if his offensive line continues to let him get killed, he's not going to play him again. He's fine. He's fine. It's three games in. Dude, he's a small guy. Listen, I root for his success. I like Watson. I loved him coming out. I loved him as much in that draft as anybody else did. How about tier six? Let's compromise Yeah, right now, if we're doing right now, he is obviously up there. He's in what tier? He's probably top. He's probably tier four right now. He's probably Let's playing go. like a tier Finally, four. Shons, he's probably playing like a tier four Shons quarterback. Shons his head, not if with he, his heart. If he gets hurt again and well, he can't play, availability is the best ability. I'm sorry. And if you're not playing for whatever reason it is, I can't put you all that high because you're not on the fucking field. When he's on the field and he's able to do what he did on Sunday and he's able to actually get the ball down the field and he's able to run and make big plays, he's a fucking really good player. But guys who are healthy and put up other numbers and are in better situations for better or worse, that's kind of how you have to judge quarterbacks. It's not just a talent situation. When we talk about Baker, I got some takes on him. You've got to eventually be on the field. I love Deshaun Watson as a player. Please stay healthy because he's capable of doing this. You know I had to instigate just a little bit. Did you know that was coming? No. (laughs) Thank God you didn't. All right, what did you take away from the Chargers? Keenan Allen's a monster. That's a fact. And you know, I root for the Chargers, and and I, I just every fucking week they're in the same position, and then Phillip Rivers' offensive line just gives out on him, and he's slinging the ball all over the field, and then he makes either a, a dumb incompletion or a terrible pick, and it's the same thing every week. They lose by seven points or less every single week, and Philip Rivers has the ball in his hand, down a touchdown, sometimes less, to win the game. And if it just it's so frustrating. Yeah. I I think so. And if I were a Charger fan, I would feel that way too, because they should have they should have beaten Detroit. They had that game and they should have won the other day, but that game was just taken away from them because they're just I have serious questions. Listen, we talked about how that defense could be in trouble. With um, what's his name? Derwin James. Yeah, Derwin James being out for the season, being one of the most important um, defensive players in the entire league, I think, is just as far as his impact on his team. And then now you're getting reports that Melvin Gordon is on his way back to L.A. and a deal could be worked out. And I know Eckler's played very well, but they might need another weapon. And Melvin Gordon is a pretty damn good weapon to have because you don't want this season to fall apart. Can he play safety? No, he cannot. Um, but he might be able to put a couple more points on the scoreboard, and, right. and that's capable, and uh, you hope the defense plays well enough. Eckler also had a very costly fumble in this game, so that may be why things are rolling a little bit faster. Yeah, and I think I'm sure they explored trades, and there just wasn't much out there, and, and Gordon knows that he's going to play. This is not going to be a Lev Bell situation. He's going to come back. The Chargers are a better team with him. They'll work something out, and he'll play. All right. The last game before we get to the Sunday and Monday night games, the 49ers beat the Steelers in an ugly-ass game, 24-20. The 49ers turned the ball over four times in the first half, and it didn't matter because the Mason Rudolph looked god-awful. Yeah, um, I still hold Pick that side bar, though, real fast. Minka Fitzpatrick, holy shit, was he looking good on the defense. He was flying around. Yeah, no, that, that was a great trade, and I think that trade basically said that they're good at quarterback, which gives me reason to believe that he was just – 
I, I don't know. It was his first game as he was first game as a starter. Give the guy another chance. I still like Mason Rudolph. Go pokes. Yeah, that's right. He's uh he's one of those uh Mike Gundy guys. Um former Oklahoma State. That's right, player. Uh, um put up a lot of numbers too, uh obviously in that Big Twelve air raid conference. But yeah, I don't think he sucks, but he didn't play very well. Garoppolo played well, but the but the the freaking turnovers, man. He's got to clean that shit up. Yeah, this was not. A I fun think he game. will in time. You hope so. I mean, he makes plays. It's just some of those fumbles and picks come at the most inopportune times. George Kittle's so fucking good. By the way, I love watching that guy play. Go Iowa. Um, actually, don't go Pokes. But he's from <laughs> Iowa. I was just gonna say. So 49ers, they're now three and zero. They've pretenders, beaten, they've pretenders. beaten Tampa Bay in Tampa. They crushed Cincinnati in Cincy, and this was their first home game, and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers who go west with a backup quarterback. I think they end up five, maybe six wins. Real? You think they're, they already have three? So you're saying they're only at two or three the rest of the year? You know they play I the have, Cardinals twice a year, right? All right, I take it back. I think they end up seven and nine. All right. I'm thinking I'm Because I forgot that they're in like the shittiest division in football. Well, we got to see, too, what the Seahawks end up being. I mean, you believe that maybe they'll split that series. I think they'll probably get swept by the Rams. So you're looking at them taking both against Arizona probably and then one of the Seattle games. So there's three more wins right there. I don't know the rest of their schedule off the top of my head. I think they're playing the NFC South. I should probably stop looking. At, I, I should probably look at the schedule before I make such a bold statement. Well, I was huh? just going to say, like, all, even I mean, you would have to be, if you start the season 3-0 and and you only get five or six wins for the season, that means probably something catastrophic happened to somebody major on your team or several because that's hard to do. That's that's hard to lose that many games in that short amount of time, especially once you're already 3-0. and Um yeah, I don't know what to think. I, I mean, I said the Bills are probably contenders uh, just because the AFC is so wide open now um, where even if they don't beat the Pats, I'm not going to use that as a litmus test. For the, Of course you're not. For the, the 40, Pats. Yeah, but for the 49ers, the NFC is a lot more open. And if you start off 3-0, and it doesn't matter who you play. That's pretty good. Uh, I definitely want to see more from Garoppolo. I definitely want to see him clean some, clean some of that uh, those turnovers up. But overall... I mean, they're a 3-0 football team. you got to feel pretty decent, and I trust Shanahan as a coach. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they've, lo- they- they've lost a lot of running backs to injury this year, and they're still figuring it out. And that just – I was thinking about this. That just makes your case. The best running back on that team is Matt Breida. Do you know where he was drafted? I have no clue. Was he, it? Wasn't, he wasn't yeah. drafted. So I had a feeling you were throwing a trick question at that me. You already up, instigated me. You're throwing me <laughs> that shit. That puts up more of your argument that the that the running back is a way overvalued position. And Matt Breida is one of the fastest running backs in the league, and he was undrafted. I don't need any more than this. The Giants were down 28-10 when Saquon was out, and they won that football game. And Saquon yes, Barkley is the best running back in the NFL. Well, at least he's right up there with, with Zeke. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that they don't matter, and it's not that they don't help, but they are not the reason why. No. No, not at all. And anybody that knows football knows that. Yes, sir. The all Sunday right. night game. Boy, do I have some thoughts on this game, but this I want to get yours first. Rams, 20 and the Browns 13 in a not very fun Sunday night game. <laughs> I was going to say, this one sucked to watch. Um the Rams were just a better team. The Browns don't, you know, I, I, 
Next year, just remind me not. And thank God you talked me out of taking them to go to the playoffs. I did take the Ravens because you talked me out of it. I do appreciate that. You're a very smart man sometimes. Selectively smart. I was just going to say, um, I, I also <laughs> picked the Broncos, and that's yes, not yes. looking too good. Um, Glad you didn't follow my lead there. Yeah, no, I kept the Broncos out of and there. And we but, both individually picked uh, Tampa. We didn't influence each other there. That but, was rough. Yeah. But the Browns just don't do it for me. It doesn't make any sense at all. And I think Freddie Kitchens, talk about it. I mean, I could go through my list of pretenders. I think it's, for me, it's San Francisco, even though they're 3-0. Tennessee is the world's biggest pretender. And Freddie Kitchens is a big-time pretender. He's not a fucking head coach. He's, he's a joke. He's got a big case of coordinator, mind, coordinator face. Baker called him an idiot last year on Hard Knocks. And it wasn't even joking. He literally just said he's an idiot. You don't and think fourth and nine draw plays are good? Well, B- Baker's not wrong. He's a fucking idiot. It's terrible. I, I, you know what? He's not welcome on this pod. I don't want idiots on my pod. You're lucky I have you on the pod. Wow. Just you kidding. just said I was a smart man. That so was a low blow. That, that was, low that was bad. Sorry. Yeah, you should apologize. I'll That's, write myself up for that one. I think you should. That you, one was rough. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was a poor job. And actually, that would mean you're an idiot because you're a CEO and you talk about that, so you shouldn't be hiring people like that. All right. <laughs> um, even though you didn't, you clown. All right, so... Before I go into my soliloquy, real fast, what do you take away from the Rams? They're 3-0. and I know they didn't look great in this game. Goff didn't play all that well, but they looked good in the games before this. Where, where are you on the Rams? I take the Rams the same way I do the Packers. They're rounding into form. They're rounding into their, to their full form. The difference is, obviously, the head coach and the quarterback know each other, unlike the other situation. But I think they're trying. They have adjustments to make as well. This team is very similar to last year's, with one shining difference: Todd Gurley cannot carry the ball 30 times a game like he used to. And I think they're still trying to figure out that offense and how it's going to run without a weapon like that playing full-time snaps. And I think they should get Cooper Cup even more involved than he is because he's like all day out there. God, is he a difference? He maker. gets open he's every so single good. play. He's like, what do, what do they call, who do they call 7-Eleven? Was that Chris Hogan? Well, he's not 7-Eleven anymore, but this guy is. He's open 24-7, just always getting open. And I'd like to see them honestly use a little bit more of the field. Um, I feel like it's a lot of outside bullshit. I think that I want to see guys other than Cooper Cup go over the middle. I get it. Brandon Cooks isn't an over-the-middle type guy, but Robert Woods is a big wide receiver. And I think he can go over the middle a little bit more and open up even more of the field for golf to use. And golf needs an open field because he's not he's not a surgeon out here like Drew Brees or Tom Brady. He needs his guys to be open. But I think this team's rounding into form. I still like the defense. They still have the best defensive player in football in Aaron Donald. What are you, Will Mack? Okay, 1A and 1B. The I only mean, reason I would put Mac ahead depending is... Depending on the day. Yeah, well, the only reason I put Mac is I think that I think that Donald is the most explosive, but only for... Like, he plays one single position. He rushes the passer. Mac can play in the outside or the inside. Yeah, he, he he's a, a little point. bit more versatile, yeah, and absolutely. he wreaks havoc from each side. I'm not taking anything away from Donald. They ask him to be strictly a top defensive end and that's and he is the best at that in the league I just think I watch Khalil Mack and where he lines up sometimes and some of the blitz packages that he's involved in I'm like there's literally you can't stop him from wherever he's playing yeah you're right I mean but Aaron Donald will just agree that it's a close second oh my god yeah all right so how do you feel about this game um and I just think honestly just to give you my opinion on the Browns I don't know aside from kitchens I don't know because their talent is crazy I do. 
And it's uh-uh. the same thing that I said before. So I'm not going to kill Baker because I didn't have him that high anyway. Um, remember I said I need to see more from him. He won five games last year. Could have won more. Uh, every single time he's played a legitimate defense, he has looked very, very bad. But here's what the Cleveland Browns did this offseason. They traded away Kevin Zietler, who is playing very, very well for the New York Football Giants, to get Olivier Vernon, who has not played well in years. I don't know how he was a Pro Bowl selection last year. He was not on the field all that much, and he was when he was on the field, you didn't know it. He, he didn't do a good job at all for the Giants really the last few years. So that's your trade there. Jabril Peppers has having a little bit of a problem in the Giants' defense so far. He's figuring out Betcher's schemes, but that guy is a legitimate safety in the NFL. And you give him up to bring in an Odell Beckham Jr., who I understand is a tremendous talent, but we talked about the running backs. Okay, Odell Beckham Jr., I would... It's like the Donald Mack comparison. You put him and Antonio Brown over the last few years, one and one A, one and one A. You know, whatever way you want to say it. Julio, there's a lot. Yeah, of guys Julio's there too. There. But Mike it, Thomas, here, DeAndre Hopkins. Here's my question: For whatever reason, it might have been whether it was the quarterback, the offensive line, the lack of a running game, aside from last year. Can I ask you how good the Giants were with Odell Beckham Jr.? I think their best record was nine and seven. eleven and five and sixteen. Oh, excuse me. Uh, it was better than I thought, but then they got blown out in the playoff game but, after the boat. Yep. So the guy has missed time in every single season minus that twenty sixteen season. He starts his rookie campaign off by missing the first four games in fourteen. In fifteen, he misses three games. In seventeen, not his fault. He gets his uh, he gets his leg broken in week five and is out for the season. Last year, he misses six games with nagging hamstrings. Maybe towards the end of the season, the Giants just decided to hold him out and not risk it. But either way, he wasn't available. I love Odell. As as a player, he's electric. He's fun. He's not making you better. You have to have a good offensive line and a really good quarterback for him to be at his best. Here's what the Browns don't have. A really good offensive line and a really good quarterback. The jury's out on Baker. I'm not going to throw him aside. I didn't pick. I know people are going to be like, "How you know?" I I said uh, again on my quarterback tiers. I'm not putting him that high because he hasn't shown me a lot yet. I need to see more before I start t- saying that he's a tier two quarterback in the works. He's not. I said three, everybody. Yeah, but he. But see, that's the thing. I don't know if it's scheme or lack thereof. I don't know if it's protection problems. I don't know if it's guys not being able to get open. He misses a fuck ton of throws, especially down the field. And if it wasn't for Odell completely bailing him out in that jet game with the one-handed catch and then the 80-yard breaker on that slant route. That we've seen a million times. That we've seen a million times. That jet defense completely shut Baker Mayfield down. Some awful interceptions in that game. I think Jamal had one and... uh, another corner had one, but he's looked bad. He has not looked good. He looks confused. He looks a little deer in headlights. And I, the reason I turned them down is I don't like overhyped teams that have never done anything before. Freddie kitchens has a bad case of coordinator face. He is just the poster child for every coordinator that got a head coach job that has no business being a head coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. He is play calling is a joke. 
his whole fake tough guy attitude, I think, if you're a player in that locker room, you see right fucking through that. Yep. The personnel decisions that they decided to make going for all the flashy talent but not actually addressing or keeping the good part. They were building a good offensive line, and you shed it. They were building a better defense, and they shed it. Miles Garrett's a freak. He's fucking amazing. I love watching that guy, and he's going to soon be at that, maybe not at Aaron Donald and Cleo Max level, but he's right. He's getting right there. He's a he's a wrecking ball. But, you know, the rest of that team, you know, Nick Chubb's very good. Well, but, um, what's his face? Denzel Ward's pretty good, too. Yeah, Denzel Ward's very good, but there's not a lot of other help in that secondary. No. And this team just felt fraudulent to me from the get-go. Now, I don't know how they'll finish up, but I will tell you this. Odell dealt with a lot of bad teams in New York. And well, Jarvis Landry dealt with a lot of bad teams in Miami. And Baker has said way too much shit for him to fall on his face. And Freddie Kitchens has been way too much of a tough guy, quote-unquote, to have making fourth and nine draw plays and then try to defend it. This team is, if they lose, they're playing the Ravens this week. They lose to the Ravens. They have a brutal fucking schedule. That was another thing when people were picking them. Like, have you seen their schedule? Are they better than a lot of these I'm glad teams? You talked me out of it. They're bro. not. That they're not. They're not. They should not be favorites against a lot of these teams. I love watching them lose. I hate those fake fraud teams that have no business being good. Baker, the jury's totally still out on him. I'm not going to crush him, but he has not looked good. This stupid, I'd rather have Daniel Jones than Baker thing, give me a break. You don't know that. He's played one game. But the situation, as we've said, what's been the theme of this podcast? The theme around a quarterback is you've got to have a good supporting cast. Baker does not have a great supporting cast on the offensive line to make him at his best. But if he's a number one overall pick, and he's capable of making all these flashy throws and throwing the ball down the field. He has made some just fucking awful throws in a double-triple coverage. I don't know what he's seeing on the field, but it's certainly not, you know, high percentage passes or completion percentage passes. This team's headed if they if they don't get this figured out and get a good win in Baltimore and they start looking at their 1 and 4, 1 and 5, 1 and 6, Oh man, this guy's gonna fall. And I, I, Freddie Kitchens. I know he just got hired, but that's a candidate for first, first coach fired because somebody has to take the fall on the sword for this team if it goes bad after the uh, after the expectations that they have. Absolutely. All right. So, what do you think of the Rams? Uh, I actually agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. I mean, as far as their Thank offensive you. personnel is concerned, um, Cooper Cup just get the ball in his hands almost as many times as you can. Robert Woods is real good. Obviously, um, Brandon Cooks is a stud, and I like him a lot. Gurley, I mean, that, that running game is going to be a problem. Goff didn't look all that good Sunday night, but he looked good in Carolina and looked good against New Orleans. I still think he's a very good quarterback. I know that Super Bowl last year really you know, put people – you know, got people down on him. I still think he's very good. I still think McVay is the best offensive mind in the game, and um, they're going to figure it out. They're, in my opinion, they're still the the number one team in the NFC. All right. So speaking of decent offensive minds, you had the Bears beat up on the Redskins. Matty. Oh Lef- God. Not Matt Lafleur. What's his Matt face? Nagy? Matt Nagy. I'm sorry. There's you so got it. You got mats. it right once. There's then- so many Matts in this goddamn league. Matty P. Fuck off. Um, you never forget him. No. The Redskins. 
just really suck. And I credit this game a lot more to Chicago's defense than I do any of their offense, except Taylor Gabriel had a hell of a game with one awesome catch. I don't know if you saw the body control. Oh, that was that fucking one. incredible, right? Right down near the pylon? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, where he kicked it off, kicked it over, and, and basically kept both feet in. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, in my opinion, I mean, I don't even know if the jury's still out on him. I think he sucks. It's so funny to say that he sucks after he had one of his best games of this of his career. I was watching that game, and I I know the Redskins are bad, but I don't think their defense is a sieve like the Giants. Like they they you know they um they blew that game against Philly. Um, they didn't play great against Dallas. They were fucking abysmal on Monday night. But I think a lot of that was quitting. Here's what I watched that game. Mitchell Trubisky isn't great. So why aren't you just doing what you did last year when you won the NFC North? He was rolling out. He was asked to complete a lot of slants and crossing routes, you know, 5 to 15 yards down the field. He was working with a lot of third and threes, a lot of screen passes, a lot of high percentage throws. Roll him out, get him move, get him moving, let him use his legs. He's very good when he does that. And I don't know why in the first two weeks, Matt Nagy felt like he had to prove something, at least in my opinion, seemed like he had to prove something by asking Trubisky to sit back in the pocket and throw the ball down the field. That's not his strength. Play to your quarterback strength. If you have Mitch Trubisky, then you should play to what Mitch Trubisky does well, which is complete high percentage throws in the middle of the field, throw the ball well on the run, and not ask to to put up 45 points in a game. Finally... This looked like 2018 for the Bears. And I'm going to give Trubisky credit. He played very well because he did well with what he was asked to do, and that's a head coaching thing. The Redskins fucking suck. The Redskins embarrassed themselves again, which is really hard to do. They were so bad. And I know the Bears' defense is really good. I know they've got Mack and Trevathan and Roquan Smith and, and Hicks. They, they're they loaded on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Amukamara, Haha Clinton Dix had a couple of picks, roll tied. They were, um, oh, come on. They were, <laughs> they were, um, they were really good. Um, but the Redskins are inept. I don't think they're that bad. I think they just went up against a juggernaut defense and they had no chance. I'm very interested to see how the Redskins and Giants play each other because they went in two totally different directions in week three, although I think they're relatively comparable teams. Absolutely. Um, Well, we're going to have to find out how we both think they're going to play when we do our picks, but that about wraps it up for our recap of last week. So I'm going to give you our um, recap for the picks that we made last week. You went two and two, my friend. I went one and three. So I believe we're all knotted up through three weeks. Making um, a little bit of a comeback. But you got your sperm bank right for the second time in a row. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not you're, on two, bank. you're two and one. Yes, I am two and one. Are you, so that's do you have nice. a sponsor for this week? or? Um, no. Out on the fly? Uh, still talking to Dino Hype. They're being real fucking stiffs over there. Ooh. 
Yeah, no, I'm still talking to Dino Hype, so it's still brought. It's brought to you by SorrySports.com this week. Ah, all right. So you're throwing um, the website a plug. Yes, all absolutely. Right. A little plug there. Um, so I'm actually on SorrySports.com because we post our picks on the website every week, so all of you guys can keep up with it. Even with a little sperm symbol next to my sperm bank pick of the week. Absolutely ridiculous. Shout out to my admin, aka my uncle, my secretary, um, for that. For Such putting a, a little, bad guy, but it together. is awesome. Um, so you took the Giants this week. I took Tampa Bay. That puts you at 1-0. I'm at 0-1 because the Giants somehow won that game. Great game for you. Danny Dimes. We both took New England. Um, we were wrong on that one because two Thanks, Jared Stidham. Place. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, you took Buffalo, minus six. I believe that was incorrect. Let me pull that up if that was the one I got wrong. Yeah, they only won by four. Yep. And then you took Dallas minus 21. They figured out a way to pull that one out. I took Jacksonville plus 1.5. Obviously, they blew the doors off the Titans. That one was right. Kansas City minus 6.5. That one was wrong as well. So now I'm 1-3. Let's jump into our picks this week. Um, so why don't you lead us off, Sean? So, guys, keep in mind the Jets are on a bye week this week, so I can actually relax, enjoy some, hopefully some decent Yankees baseball right before the playoffs and not have to watch my absolute shit show Jets play football this week. So we will, Sean and I will pick another random game just to keep it at four. Yes, sir, we will. So, right, so let's ahead. lead off with the Giants. So the Giants are uh, a three-point favorite at home against Washington, which means that Vegas thinks that this game is basically even. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about at the uh, conclusion of talking about that Monday night game this week. These two teams are tr- are you know pointing in two very different directions. The Giants are about as highly thought of as they have been in a long time, and the Redskins, God, you can't look worse than the p- performance they put up the other night. Well, I did it last week, and I'm doing it again this week. The Giants' season is on the line. If you go 2-2, two and two, you're back in this thing. The Eagles are not all that good right now. Who knows how they play tomorrow night, but they definitely... Uh, right now, there are two 1-2 and two teams in this division, as the Giants and the Eagles. Look for the Giants to get 2-2. Two and two. They're at home. The New York fans, I think they were tired of being stale. And although they have a lot of respect for Eli and they recognize he's a franchise icon, they are ready for the next phase. Not having Saquon's going to hurt. It's going to take a little air out of the tires, but here's really how we feel. It's the Daniel Jones era, and he's playing his first home game as the starter for the New York Giants. I think this game stays pretty close. I don't think the Redskins will play nearly as bad as they did Sunday or Monday night because the Giants' defense is not the Bears' defense. But the Giants are going to find a way to win this game just like they did the other day, and they will cover this three-point spread and go 2-2 two and two in the season. How about you? All right, so I originally had circled the Redskins, but I've changed my mind. I am going to go with the New York Giants, and my reason is because I think this defense figured something out in the locker room on, on uh, Sunday and they because they did hold the... Tampa Bay um, offense, who is which is a pretty good offense to, what was it, three, three points, points in the second, in the second half? half. I think they're going to get lucky with the missed field goal there. No, I know, but still, even six points is halfway decent compared to the way they've been playing the rest of the season. And I just like the Giants. I, I think that they're going to win this game by a field goal or more, and I think we see Haskins in this game. You think so, huh? Mm-hmm. He's going to come in for Keenum? I think Keenum plays okay in this game, but uh, what are we thinking here? I'm thinking probably something around 27-24, 27-23. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good handicap right there. That's a way to put the game. All right. 27-23, I like that. Perfect. All right, so the second game, as we both picked the Giants, second game, I am going to go 
to Houston. And we talked about putting Deshaun Watson in that next category. We're moving him on up. Well, this is a good time to do it. I really like the way Kyle Allen played. How could you not? But you played at Arizona, and Arizona sucks. Houston could be for real. They just got, went on the road. They beat the Chargers. Um, this is a team that is alive and well in that AFC South. And if you're a for real team in the AFC South, you got to do something to put distance yourself, right? Beat the backup quarterback no matter how good he looked last week. It's not Cam Newton. Deshaun Watson's going to have himself a big day. They're a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home in Houston. One o'clock game. Give me the Houston Texans to uh, to take this one and cover. All right, so for my first game, I am going to go down to Miami. Can you guess who I'm going to pick with this one, my friend? Uh, what's the line here? 16? Uh, so you're going to pick the uh, Dolphins, right? I am not going to take the Dolphins. Oh! I'm going to take the L.A. Chargers. I don't even think Melvin Gordon's going to play in this game, but I think Phillip Rivers is going to be pretty pissed Well, he's not off. signed yet, so that'd be hard to do. Well, yeah, but they said <laughs> they were going to sign him, and he's not going to play this week. Whatever. My experts are talking to me, Sean. Get some of your own. Um, I just think that Phillip Rivers is going to be pretty pissed off in this game, and he's going to fucking light up the Dolphins. Keenan Allen, three touchdowns. Mark my words. Wow. I, I didn't want to touch this game because the only reason that I picked them to – the uh, Cowboys to cover that lofty, what was it, 23-point spread Yeah. Uh, last week was because they were at home. The Dolphins actually looked, I'm not going to, I mean, good for their standards, but I think Rosen playing quarterback does make a little difference. I'm, I'm worried of you there, but that's a bold statement, and I like it. Thank you. All right, my uh, third game. I'm going to go to Kansas, or uh, to Detroit, rather, and Kansas City is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Matty PP has taken advantage of a couple of teams pissing away games. The Chargers did it two weeks ago. The Philadelphia Eagles did it last week. The Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes will not. I'm not buying that this Lions defense has figured something out. They haven't. It's Pat Mahomes. It's the Chiefs. They're a juggernaut. It's a six and a half point line. I will happily take that six and a half point line. I don't see this game being all that close. I'm surprised it's this high, or this low, rather. I was expecting somewhere in the nines, I guess, only because they're home. Yeah, Chiefs are going to easily take care of this. They're a 4-0 team. All right, for my third pick, I am going to go down to Pittsburgh. Um, I think on a neutral field, this is game is a pick em. So that means that Pittsburgh should be favored by three points, so given the, Monday the home night game, bump. Huh? This is a Monday night game. Pittsburgh is actually favored by four points. So give me Cincinnati in this game. Okay. They've played really well, and Pittsburgh has looked pretty shitty. So I think that they're going to be able to keep this game close. I think the Steelers win, by its, but it's by three points or less. You know what's crazy? is the This is the fourth game for the Bengals. They played three road games. That's crazy. So they're going to get a lot of home games towards the end of the season. Unfortunately yep. for them, it won't matter. Huh. That's a solid pick by you. Um, my final one. At Chicago. Boy, did they put on a performance against the Redskins. That's another one. Is that more good Bears, more bad Redskins? I mean, I definitely bad think Redskins. I, I think that, obviously, from the defensive side of the ball, we know the Chicago Bears are really fucking good. And they had their way with the Minnesota Vikings last year. And maybe, just maybe, the Bears and Matt Nagy decided, hey, this is how we need to use Trubisky again, and let's not try to make him do too much because he did look good despite you know going against the Redskins' defense. However, Minnesota's defense is also really fucking good. This is only a two-point spread. Uh, the Bears are uh, favored by two points at home. I know it's Kirk Cousins. He's going to bait me into it again. I don't know why you're doing this. 
But I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to get a little revenge from last year. They're going to find a way to, to cover this point spread and, and win this game at Soldier Field. I mean, I know the Bears looked really good on Monday. I've said it 15 times, but the first two weeks of the year, including opening night at home against Green Bay, they looked fucking awful. So did they figure something out? I don't know. But I think this game remains very close. It's an AFC North. It's a divisional game. Anything goes. Give me Minnesota to cover this. That's my week. I don't know why you do it to yourself, man, but I do a lot of dumb things to myself, too. We'll see how it goes. For my sperm bank pick of the week, brought to you by SorrySports.com this week, I decided to rehire myself within the same company, believe it or not. Um, Different companies. Well, but that would would have been a Dino Hypeco thing. True. This is the same company, bro. Come on. Why don't you just listen next time? Use your fucking ears. Two and one, guys, for the season. Since I started taking myself serious, I've done pretty fucking well. I've won you guys some money. We're up in the green this this year so far. I don't think this has ever happened before. It's actually crazy to believe that it's never happened before, but outside of the in-market games, me and you have never picked the same game. We have finally decided to do that. I mean, I guess law of averages, at some point it was bound to happen. I am going to go down to Detroit with Matty PP, and I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs with the Sperm Bank pick of the week. I don't see them lose. I don't, excuse me, I don't see them winning this game by less than seven points. They are going to blow Matty P's pencil right off of his fucking stupid ear, and maybe the beard off of his dumb face. How do you really feel about Patricia? I'm sure he's a humble, nice guy, but I hate him. All right, so Sperm Bank Pick of the Week locked in. Kansas City Chiefs minus 6.5. So why don't we recap our picks? I have the Giants favored, favored by 3. The, Char- the Chargers in Miami favored by 16. Cincinnati underdog by 4 points, plus 4. And the Kansas City Chiefs favored by 6.5 for my Sperm Bank Pick of the Week. Hey. Brought to you by SorrySports.com. SorrySports.com. All right, and remember, these picks are going up there. Very At soon. some point, and everybody, my secretary. Definitely going. before Sunday. All right. Giants for me as well. I'm taking the uh, three-point spread for them. The Houston Texans, I'm taking them. They're uh, four-and-a-half-point favorite over Carolina. Give me them. Uh, Kansas City, a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Detroit. Uh, yep, for all the reasons you said. Fuck you, Matty P. <laughs> Not welcome on the pod, right? Never. Never right. in a million years. So Ma- and Mahomes it. will make sure of that. And then Minnesota in this Bears game, in an NFC divisional game. Will this be the last time I roll with Minnesota? I don't know, but we'll find I out. I think so. Give me this, this two-point game. All right, everybody, that about wraps it up. We will be back soon with a Monday rundown. We have MLB playoffs coming Yeah, so soon. by Monday we'll know who's playing who and when. Um, Exciting stuff. The, division, uh, NFC, the NFC, Jesus, you got me in football mode. Uh, the NL <laughs> wild card game is Tuesday. The AL wild card game is Wednesday. Luckily, we don't have to worry about that this year. We don't year. have to worry about that. So we'll uh, we'll have a lot to talk about there. Uh, some more college football. Did you get back? Did you watch any this week? I watched um, a good tad bit of the Texas game because you know I'm a Pokes fan this year. That's right. Almost had that one. Um, yeah, right. So no, they only lost by six. It I was know, close, but you never felt like they were. It was win. one of those games where it was a lot close. It the game score was a lot closer than the game felt. Yes, totally agree. But there will be some more college football to discuss. We'll see what else comes up. NBA soon. Uh, we're Crazy. just under a month from the NBA, so that means our prediction show is going to be coming up soon. But, yeah, guys, stay tuned for anything and everything going on in sports, pop culture, whatever. We'll have it for you. All right, everybody. Have a good night. <laughs>